0: The full power of the gospel of Jesus Christ is contained in the Book of Mormon,
1: period. Remember this declaration by Jesus himself. Whoso treasureth up my word shall not be deceived, and in the last days neither your heart nor your faith will fail you.
0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Book of Mormon podcast. Kevin and Shelby here with you. This is episode 122, and we are in Alma chapter 32. Full disclosure, this is most likely going to be two parts. Part one is today. Part two, next time. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I mean, there's a lot to talk about.
1: There is a lot to talk about.
0: I guess it just depends on how in-depth we want to go, right? Right. So... Anyway, well, we're happy to be here with you, baby Adeline is sleeping, so we're going to get as much in as we can. (laughs) So we're, like I said, we're in Alma 32, and this is an infamous chapter known for faith and having faith be compared to a seed. So I'm excited to get there. Um, But where should we start, Kev?
1: How about the chapter heading?
0: All right. You want me to read it? Yeah. Did you have something you wanted to say?
1: Well, I was just going to say, I think it's been a couple of chapters since we just started with the heading to kind of give that like good summary of the chapter. Mm. But then also I remembered, you know, just to catch this up, this is Alma and his brethren preaching unto the Zoramites. Um, last week they went forth, they found that the Zoramites were perverting. The way of the lord um doing things all kinds of wrong mm-hmm. and they didn't really have much success yeah in in preaching unto the people uh nevertheless they they did mightily preach among them and so we we now come into this you know it's basically just part two of this Zoramite mission mm-hmm. so go ahead
0: so Alma teaches the poor whose afflictions had humbled them. Faith is a hope in that which is not seen, which is true. Alma testifies that angels minister to men, women, and children. Alma compares the word into a seed. It must be planted and nourished. Then it grows into a tree from which the fruit of eternal life is picked. About 74 before Christ. So we're getting there. Um, yeah. Honestly, honestly, if I can just be real honest, I'd love to just jump to the faith part, but we're going to get there.
1: I'm, well, just, yeah, I'm let's, just super excited. Yeah, let's build up to that point.
0: So at this point, I'll, I'll I'll calm myself and we'll jump back from the beginning. Here we go. So they're preaching the word like Kevin said, and they begin to, it says in verse two, I'm going to skip verse one, but it says verse two. And it came to pass that after much labor among them, they began to have success among the poor poor class of people for behold, they were cast out of the synagogues because of the coarseness of their apparel. And then continuing in verse three, they were not permitted to enter into their synagogues to worship God. Um, just because they were seen and viewed as poor in terms of the world. And so they begin, Almanus brethren or that they am referring to begin to have success among these people. Um, and we'll get more into why that success comes, but it's just very interesting um, the words that are used to describe these people. I thought it was a very rich description to really paint the picture and convey what's happening.
1: Yeah, definitely. What, what, what I thought was interesting was that Mormon, he describes them poor as to things of the world at the end of verse 3. Mm-hmm. But then he also says, and also, they were poor in heart. I think, uh, referring to kind of their downtrodden um, demeanor, um, just their their state was kind of like hard luck. They yeah, they were kind of like a hard luck group of people, and they couldn't really you know we we see this um, abundantly in the world today, there are just some some groups of people who because of oppression, or systemic social issues, they just can't get above their place their their status in society. And this is exactly the type of people that Alma is is going to be speaking to largely throughout this chapter and um, into the next.
0: So in verse 4, it says that Alma was teaching and speaking unto the people on the hill on Anida, I don't know how to say yeah. it. Um, but while he's doing this, there it says, There came a great multitude unto him, who were those of whom we have been speaking of. So those whom were the poor in heart because of their poverty as to the things of the world. So he repeats it again, right, of what's going on. So at this point, um. I'm pretty sure the way like I picture this happening and this is in. let's just read it. Can I just read it? Yes. Okay. And they came unto Alma and the one who was the foremost among them said unto him, behold, what shall these my brethren do for they are despised of all men because of their poverty. Yea, and more especially by our priest for they have cast us out of our synagogues, which we have labored abundantly to build with our own hands. And they've cast us out of, and they cast us out because of our exceeding poverty. And we have no place to worship our God and behold, what shall we do? So they basically just come up to him and they're like, what? Help us, right? Like, right. give us some guidance.
1: What I want to say is that, you know, referring back to last week's episode and in chapter 31, this is a society that's deve- like they've they focused so much on that entering into the synagogue offering up that prayer, which it's not necessarily a very sincere prayer, but it's, you know, it is what they do. And then now these, this group of people, because of the coarseness of their apparel, because they're viewed as dross and and whatnot by their brethren, uh, or rather the priests, right? They're, they're ecclesiastical leaders. They feel like they cannot progress spiritually, Mm -hmm. Because the only again they're not living the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, well, they're actually not living the the gospel any day of the week <laughs> because they perverted it. But they're not living their religion any other day of the week other than that one day in w- on which they go into the synagogue. So this, the fact they can't get into the synagogue is is a real issue, and I think it's important when we are. Sharing the gospel and we're teaching restored truths to people who may not believe exactly what we believe. That we are, we're sensitive to what's important to them in their faith, um, and how do we bridge the gap between restored truth and what they what they believe? Now, I think Alma does it wonderfully mm-hmm. in this chapter.
0: Um, what I was gonna say. I love your thoughts, by the way. I, this is why I love doing the podcast together, because I feel like our thoughts complement each other and things I don't think of, you think of, right? Yeah. But I I was very impressed with how Emma, Emma, Alma handled this. When these people came and asked him these questions, He, I love the verbiage, I guess I should say. It says, his face immediately, he turned his face immediately toward them. And beheld with great joy, and I just—I I guess I put myself in the shoes of Alma because here Alma is not having very much success, right? And then all of a sudden, this group of people who are prepared—by the way, they're prepared because their afflictions have humbled them, which he talks about in this verse. He just immediately is okay to let the Zoramites go for just a second, like you know that part. And let me turn in to the people who are ready, mm-hmm. and I think that's a principle of missionary work right there too. You, we're not trying to grab people by the by the foot and drag them to church. You know, if they're not ready, they're not ready, and there's nothing we can do to do that. And we can't. And we'll get more into this, but we listened to Elder Bednar's um, on the All In podcast, and he says we don't. Sometimes we think. As missionaries or as members of the church that oh we're gonna increase their faith like we're gonna do these things and he said we don't do that all we do is invite and so I see this in Alma here he's trying to invite and act and teach things and it's not being received well so he and he goes to invite these other people right who are asking the right questions that's a sign that they're ready and then he begins to teach to them and invite them and they begin to act and their faith is increased because of it. Mm-hmm. So it's just this cool little missionary thing I saw in Alma. I mean, he's just such a great leader. So I think that's my whole point. Yeah. But as I said before, these people are very ready to hear the gospel and it's because of their afflictions that they're prepared to. It says prepared to or preparation to hear the word.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I really like is that very quickly, Alma in verse 10, he says, behold, I say unto you, do you suppose that you cannot worship God, save it be in your synagogues only? Mm -hmm. This is probably something that he's taught. uh, Not probably. He's definitely taught it to other Zoramites. Right. Mm -hmm. Trying to show them, hey, you need to be practicing your faith and your religion outside of this one day that you go to the synagogue. So, immediately he's, he teaches a principle, but it's so it's so personal to them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, he asked this question. It's a very inspired question. Yeah. Right?
0: And um, can I share my thoughts I had in the car that I shared on the way home? Yeah. So, I was thinking about the role. I'm telling you, I, I guess I just dug into Alma here, but I was thinking about his role as a leader and a prophet. Um, of these people and these people are coming to him with a problem and they, they, because they can't find a way out. They don't know. So they come to Alma and that's their belief. We can't get into our synagogues. What do we do? And Alma being who he is and leader that he is poses a question to him and basically challenges their thinking. Like, do you not think you can't worship outside of here, you know, outside of your synagogues? And I think that's what prophets do. They they challenge us. And they and I told Kevin this in the car with President Nelson, extending the invitation to increase our spiritual capacity to hear the Holy Ghost in, in these last days. I mean, I thought, you know, just me, for example, I thought I had it in tune with how I hear the Spirit. Yeah, the Spirit talks to me. I got it. You know, we, we're going in and I listened to it. And then here comes President Nelson going, but Shelby, do you think that's all? There's obviously more. And so that's what I'm seeing here and like comparing President Nelson in our latter days with Alma here. He comes in and he's like, let me show you let's switch your thinking a little bit and let's get up to the capacity that I know you can get to. And part of that includes teaching, right? And challenging
1: yeah, their beliefs.
0: So anyway, just a little um, thread that I wanted to throw in there. <laughs>
1: kind of going along on that same um, train of thought or tying that thread together in verse 12, he actually declares something kind of bold, right? He's saying it is well that you're cast out of your synagogues, Hmm. that you may be humble and that you may learn wisdom. And I actually linked that in my scriptures to Doctrine and Covenants 121, oh. when Justice Smith is in Liberty Jail and the Lord is speaking peace unto him in verse seven, my son, peace be unto thy soul, thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be but a small moment. Hmm. And then if thou endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high, thou shalt tri- triumph over all thy foes.
0: Yeah. I really like that connection.
1: Yeah. And, you know, because this is this is certainly a trial for the people here. But he's actually, he's saying this is actually probably the best thing that could have happened. Because if you had been permitted into the synagogues, you would be just as, you would really be stunted in your progression uh, spiritually. Because you would think you're doing all the right things, mm-hmm. but you're actually missing something huge. Which is the exercise of faith,
0: and isn't that something that we all do? Sometimes we look at the situations we're in, and we're, we just question, "Well, how are we gonna get out of this, or why are we in this?" And maybe that's the very thing we need to grow, right? Mm-hmm. Like these, uh, these group of pe- this group of people needs. But yeah, it is very bold what he says. I like that you use that word. Because he he says why. <laughs> um, he also, I want to continue in verse 12 really quick. It says, For it is necessary that ye should learn wisdom. Um, for it is because, sorry, because of your exceeding poverty, that ye are brought to the loneliness of heart. For you are necessary, necessarily brought to be humble. And now, because ye are compelled to be humble, blessed are ye. For a man sometimes, if he is compelled to be humble, seeketh Repentance which is what they're doing. And now surely whosoever repenteth shall find mercy. And he that findeth mercy and endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So he basically says you were compelled to be humble. And that's a good thing because that leads to repentance. And I think this is, is this also, yeah, in verse 16, it says blessed are they who humble themselves without being compelled to be humble. So it's great that they became humble, but it's more important that if we can identify it in ourselves first before we're compelled to be.
1: Yeah, and, and Alma tying this together with repentance, um, pointing out that hey, you're you're being humbled by your experiences, which actually puts you into a, a the ideal state of mind mm-hmm. to make changes. Yep. Because you're you you're not you're not puffed up in your pride. Right, to use another Book of Mormon term. Well, you don't
0: think you know it all, right? Right. You're willing to learn.
1: Yeah, you're willing to learn because you're like, man, I, I can't be doing it, you know, the best that I can because look look at what I'm going through.
0: Yeah. So
1: And but that's not to take anything away from these people. These people are really prepared spiritually. Yeah. Um it, it's not just that because you could be You could have things not going well for you in life, but your hard-heartedness, kind of similar to what we saw with the the Lamanites, you know, back, you know, not not recently in the Book of Mormon that we've been reading. uh, They've been more quick to repent and and change, but back to the original Laman and Lamiel, their hard-heartedness out in the wilderness showed that you can have things you you can be in a situation where things aren't going right but because because of your lack of trust in god and his word you are not willing to humble yourselves which kind of like is that passageway to repentance and repentance is a great thing right it's not Mm -hmm. it's not oh you know look how horrible i am and and all the things that I'm doing wrong, it's no how. Now I can see that I can improve in this way, and that'll that'll bring me closer to my savior.
0: Yeah. So I want to go ahead and continue on, if we can, um, from the humble topic here. And I want to read verses 17 and 18, and then I have some thoughts about them. So it says, "Yea, there are many who do say." If that will show unto us a sign from heaven, then we shall know of a surety, then we shall believe. And Alma asks, is this faith? Behold, I say unto you, Nay, for if a man knoweth a thing, he hath no cause to believe, for he knoweth it. So I I wanted to just talk about the word belief and then knowledge. Because Alma is going to get into this when it comes to faith. Because the way that we develop our knowledge, according to here, right, is that we first have to believe that it can happen and then do something about it and then it becomes a knowledge. So he's saying that the people who are asking for signs, uh, then we shall know of a surety. He's saying they lack faith because they don't even believe that it can happen. They need a sign that it can happen.
1: They kind of want to jump the line
0: yeah they right? don't want to have the experience that moves you from the word belief to the word knowledge so if think of you know on this spectrum you got belief over here on the left knowledge on the right and you're moving to that knowledge and these people are saying no i'd want to skip all that and just bring me to the knowledge and that's not how it works
1: well it's, well that's not
0: what faith is
1: it's not expedient and the reason that that i say that is in verse 19. Alma says, And now, how much more cursed is he that knoweth the will of God and doeth it not than he that only believeth or yeah. only hath cause to believe and falleth into transgression? What he's saying there um, is that if you jump the gun, if you were to not develop the faith unto repentance, so that you are you're living in accordance with God's will for a long time or for a necessary period of time Mm -hmm. a probationary state if you will before getting to the knowledge what happens when you get to the knowledge too soon and then you transgress now you're more accountable for that transgression
0: so it's expedient that we have these experiences that lead to knowledge Yes, And repentance, right? Knowledge, repentance, whatever it is. But basically, it's starting with that belief um, mm-hmm. and that faith is necessary for our own good. Wouldn't you know that? Wouldn't you know that? Heavenly Father knows what's up, right? Right. <laughs> so let's...
1: Yeah, at this point, it's kind of like, well, where do we go from here? Because we we could just go verse by verse, but there's... I don't want to say it's repetitive, but... We're our conversation is really sweeping many different concepts that he's talking about.
0: Can I focus on a concept then here? Yes. So, um, I need to find it in the scriptures, but I think I think it's expedient that I listen to, we listen to Elder Bednar's uh, All In podcast. It was just so good, and. I I had this realization this week, and I just want to share this for posterity's sake, but also for anyone listening, I think it was cool that I finally had this light bulb go off in my head. I remember being a missionary, and this is going to tie back into what Alma says faith is, by the way, but faith is centered in Jesus Christ. And I remember being a missionary, and I read that, and I thought, okay, I'm going to go about my whole day, and I'm going to show that I have faith. And so the way that I thought I would show that was by all day thinking, um, my faith is in Jesus Christ. My faith is in Jesus Christ. Like I just, and it was a hard day, y'all. No one was opening doors. We were on our bikes. It was hot, humid. It just was not a good day. And I just kept saying, my faith is in Jesus Christ. We just weren't having a lot of success. And so I kept reminding myself, that's my faith. My faith is in him. And that's not a bad thing. But what I realized from listening to Elder Bednar, we'll reference this in the notes if we can. Um, But what I realized from listening to Elder Bednar was that what my me thinking my faith was in Jesus Christ was great. But what I was actually doing that built my faith was the action, the action of getting out and knocking the door of saying my prayer, of doing the things I needed to do, reading my scriptures that morning, exercising. All of those things were faith like they were faith in action. Um, and it just hit me that every morning we wake up and say a prayer, Kevin. We're showing faith. That's why when we do the things we're asked to do, we're being faithful servants because we're doing what He wants us to do, and we're growing that belief. And that belief that we're practicing and that we believe can happen is turning into a knowledge, right? Yeah. May have started out as a little tiny seed, as I will say. But the more we practice it and water and nourish and act on it, it then becomes this huge
1: tree of knowledge. And, you know, and, and I'll say that starting there, where it's just having your morning prayer and going about your day when, when things are difficult. But but really believing and and even making affirmations where I know that the Lord's hand is in this. I can't really see it right now. It's really hard. But I know he's here. I know he's helping me. He's preparing me for something. Uh, it says in verse 22, God is merciful unto all those or all who believe on his name. Therefore, he desireth in the first place that you should believe, yea, even on his word. Um, and then as as we'll kind of go and, and get Down to 26 and 27, it talks about this process of experimentation on the word, right? In verse 27, but behold, if you will awaken or awake and arouse your faculties, even to an experiment upon my words, even, uh, excuse me, and exercise a particle of faith. Yea, even if you can no more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you, even until you believe in a manner that you can give place for a portion of my words. And the, there's so much there that I want to talk about. Um, I want to reference the book of Moses, chapter 5, verse 9. It says, And in that day, the Holy Ghost fell upon Adam, which beareth record of the Father and the Son, saying, I am the only begotten of the Father from the beginning, henceforth and forever, that as thou hast fallen, thou mayest be redeemed, and all mankind, even as many as will. And so that experimentation, that's whosoever will, right, as or even as many as will, um, they can be redeemed by the Savior. But that means that there is some exercise or action that has to be done. And it doesn't have to be this outpouring of, of effort. You know, we, we don't work our way into heaven, right? That's That's kind of a oft... Uh, well, it's something that gets thrown at members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints a lot, which is like, oh, you you Mormons believe that you ha- you, wor- you can work your way into heaven, but really, we Christians know that it's only by the grace of Jesus Christ. Well, it's our actions, it's our faith, which is actions, which qualifies us. Mm-hmm. For His grace to take full effect in our lives and to change us and and make us new creatures, prepare us for His presence. Um, and Shelby, what what do you have to to talk about there?
0: I think the word "qualify" is what matters there. Like when you're talking about, you know, the the notion that we're given of, you know, you have to earn your way to heaven. No, it's just Heavenly Father knows and he loves us so much that if we don't qualify to get in there and, and show that we're willing to do the work, we're not going to want to be there in the first place anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I think about it. Why would you want to be somewhere that you didn't even do the work to get to? Um, you're not going to enjoy it as much. <laughs> Because you, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> so I think that word qualify it is key, you know. Um, I guess those are my thoughts there. Rather than earn. And President Rasband, I'm sorry, not President, Elder Rasband, mm-hmm. he gave a wonderful talk on that. And I cannot remember what it's called, but he did talk about it a couple of general conferences ago, and it was it was a great talk. So hopefully maybe i can find that and and share it with you guys but those are just my thoughts on that whole topic actually y'all i'm pretty sure that talk i'm talking about is elder renland and i believe it's called abound with blessings and it was given in april of 2019
1: that's a that's an invitation to go and study that one yeah i th- i think actually i know that In conjunction with studying alma 32 that talk can really open your understanding of how faith and works uh work together (laughs) no pun intended
0: and to help us get qualify to be with our heavenly father and jesus christ again
1: yeah so and i also wanted to say i always used to mix up Elder Rinlan and Elder Rasband, for whatever reason. And um it's I mean obviously two R's, but they also they used to look more alike. Mm-hmm. Um Elder Rinland then lost a bunch of weight.
0: Yeah, he did. And so
1: but now they now they look much more different. But early on, I I felt like they were they were related or something. Anyway.
0: Okay, y'all. I am so excited to share some thoughts right now. <laughs> um from like 27 on. And I know I don't want to be too repetitive. Uh but I have had the opportunity to be trained in a mission leadership conference by Elder Kapishka. Kapishka, how are we say it, who just spoke in last general mm-hmm. conference about this chapter and faith and the way he like analyzed it all and and I love it. So, I want to say one thing first. In verse 27 it says, "If ye can no more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you." So two things. I remember sitting in a YSA one day and someone gave me a talk and they said even if you don't even have a desire to believe, pray for a desire to desire to believe. Like it got real complicated there, but I no. was like, "Whoa, that's so true. Like maybe you don't even want to believe that thing, so start praying that you can have a desire to want even want to even believe in it, you know?
1: And you know in <laughs> in the gospel that makes complete sense to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Like, hey, here's this difficult thing that I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to change and do something different um, as a result of what I'm learning. And I don't know if I want a testimony of that right now because then, (laughs) like we talked about a little bit ago, I'm now becoming more accountable for it. So um, I don't even want to know that it's true but but if you start praying and seeking a desire to desire
0: <laughs> it's true it's
1: so true
0: yeah so m- my second point to this is that everything starts with the desire right and that's anything in life okay and so what elder kapishka did was just picture a circle and at the bottom of the circle he started with the word desire and he went Uh, clockwise on this circle. Okay, so we're starting at the bottom where the number six would be. And he's like, okay, there's our desire. And I'm going to relate it to the scriptures here. So we will compare the word into a seed. And so that, so we now have a desire and it's turned into a seed because we're willing to plant it and see what happens. And it says, now, if you give place that a seed will be planted in your heart, if it be a true seed or a good seed, and if you do not cast it out by your unbelief, That you will resist the spirit of the Lord. Behold, it will begin to swell within your breast. So here we are with the seed starting down there. And we're going to start. How do we start to know that it's a good seed? Well, we have to act. So we're moving up to like nine o'clock. The number nine there, right? Like we're seeing this seed grow because we're experimenting. But sometimes we start to see it grow. And maybe some type of disbelief comes in. Maybe it's self-doubt that we experience. Maybe it's. People saying, you're crazy for believing in that thing or whatever the heck it is. Okay, just something comes in and that's what that phrase is. If you do not cast it out by your unbelief, so don't resist the spirit of the Lord here. Keep going through that maybe hard thing that you're like, but I want to listen to it so badly. Don't keep going because you know it's good so far. Don't cast it out and keep moving up to that 12 o'clock. That's building your faith. That's all your action. All right. Sorry, y'all. We had to take care of Addie real quick because she started crying. But now we're back. And I left off. I know exactly where I left off. Um, we were at the 12 o'clock on the circle, right? Okay. On the clock. I should just call it the clock. Um, so we've done all this action. We haven't casted out anything by our unbelief or self-doubt, whatever it is. And once we get all the way there, we're knowing that this is a good seed. We're we're talking about something that's a good seed too, by the way. All of that's doing is increasing our faith, right? That whole time we did all the work on that side. And that and in verse 30 it says the seed swelleth, it sprouteth, it begineth to grow. What happens after we did all that action. I believe two things happened. My Elder Kapishka said was that then the miracle can work. Whatever God wants to bless you with, once you've put in that action, you can then receive that miracle, that blessing, whatever it is. I think in the context of what we've been talking about from moving belief to knowledge, well, then all that action and experimentation you put on and you didn't cast it out, even when it seems so hard, then you get to receive the knowledge. You get to move from belief to, oh, I know that works because I just did all of that work to grow that seed. And this huge tree just sprouted from it. And so now I know it's true. Right. And so, Elder Kapishka, and when he was talking to us in our mission, he obviously likened this to missionary work. And if you want to see the miracles and things like that. But I think here, In our podcast, it's moving from belief to knowledge, Mm -hmm. right, Um, that we've been focusing on. And so I just covered a whole bunch of scriptures in that whole time frame. So we can jump wherever you want to jump, Kevin. But I just, I love that analogy of of moving around the clock, Mm -hmm. starting at 6, moving up to 12, and then letting God finish the other side of that um, after seeing all the work you did.
1: So my question to you is, how have you seen that that miracle in your life? Like, what experiences have you had? That, <laughs> That's you know, a loaded question. You, you, Which
0: experiences? <laughs> you've
1: gotten to 12 o'clock, uh-huh. and then you've seen the Lord, you know, um, as, as Alma talks about it, enlarging your soul.
0: Mm. I mean, I, this is, this is also for posterity's sake, but Kevin, you know, I was, I was talking to someone before my mission and I, I really loved this man. Like I did. I mean, I love you a lot now too. Don't don't get me wrong. You're, you're number one. But at the time, the Lord told me to go on a mission and I, and I knew I needed to go. Right. And I had a desire to go. Um, but there were so many things that I could have stopped and I could have casted it out and been like. The Heavenly Father, I love this man. Why can't I marry him? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whatever it is. But I kept going. Even, you know, leaving school, driving away, I cried like three hours on the way home. My poor mom, she was like, I'll turn around. I'm like, no, don't turn around, Mom. No. <laughs> like, I am I was strong. I was like, I'm not going to cast this out. Um, And I made it to the mission field. I made it to the 12 o'clock, right? Like, I made it there. I was doing the things. And I didn't see the, the miracle or the knowledge probably until after my mission Mm. so it took two years right like two and a half years until I met you and then I finally realized what what my mission was for and the timing of everything Mm. I don't know you get what I'm saying yeah so that's just one example that I have of going all the way to 12 (laughs) o'clock and then seeing it slowly come out over time and sometimes it's immediate I mean there was one day on my mission knocking doors all day. We had not, we prayed all day. Me and I really, we were just like, we can do this. We can find somebody. There's somebody out there. And all day, y'all. And we, it was 8.58 when we contacted the Salazar family and they were outside. And missionaries got to be heading home by nine. Okay, so two minutes till nine. Then we saw the Salazar family and then they got baptized and then their dad got baptized and now they've been sealed as a family. Like, We worked all the way up until we could literally. And then we saw the Salazar our family. So sometimes it's immediate. It was a whole day of working. And then I saw it, right?
1: Yeah. But anyway, what about you? No, I mean, that's those are awesome experiences. My, my, my relationship, I guess, with this chapter in the Book of Mormon is directly related to my learning that the church was true. You know when when I was introduced to the restored gospel at the age of 18, uh, having never really heard about it before, um, you know, I just I just experimented on the words of the missionaries. and I saw the fruit was good, right? Um, it began to enlighten my understanding. It began to be delicious to me. Like, like Alma says. And then furthermore. um, It was also like, so in verse 31, it says, now behold, are you sure that this is a good seed? I say unto you, yea, for every seed bringeth forth unto its own likeness, which is true, right? The an, A seed from an apple is going to produce another apple tree right um he says therefore if a seed groweth it is good but if it groweth not behold it is not good therefore it is cast away and that's what i was doing you know i was experimenting on the word seeing what kind of uh fruit this seed of reading the book of mormon and praying and attending church would do. Like what? What kind of fruit it would produce? And I saw so many good things come from it. Things not even seemingly related to the gospel. Like I talk about all the time. Like I had to get up really early for school. I had to get up at like six o'clock in the morning, which now I get up at six o'clock. You know, pretty much every day, if not a little earlier. But this was 18-year-old Kevin. Like, that was really early. And I'd have to go and, and catch the bus. Well, I had an issue where sometimes I would obviously not wake up. And then I'd miss <laughs> the bus and I'd take a late bus and I'd be to school late. kind of sucked. Well, when I started praying in the morning, I would, you know, get down on my knees to pray. And by the time I was done praying, I was awake enough that I wasn't going to go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so praying in the morning helped me get to school on time, (laughs) you know, reading from the Book of Mormon. um, I mean, I think it's clear to say changed my life (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. all
1: these years uh, later. It's it's such an integral part of my life. But at the time, you know, just I knew that if I read from the Book of Mormon each day, that day was going to be better because of my faith Mm. um my faithful action so
0: what i like and i just caught on to was that it talks about the seed being good but then it talks about how where did it go at 37 I'm jumping a couple verses, but it says, as the tree beginning to grow, you will say, let us nourish it with great care that it may get root, that it may grow up and bring forth fruit unto us. And now behold, if you nourish it with much care, it will get root and grow up and bring forth fruit. So as we continually nourish whatever it is that we are experimenting on, our belief has turned into a knowledge. Now it's this great big tree. um, We have to continually nourish it. Like, just because this great big tree shows up um, and you all of a sudden have this great belief and knowledge of something, well, if you don't continually water it and take care of it and make sure it gets sun or whatever it is, right, those things, same thing in our spiritual life. So if we're not continually remembering our experiences we had as um, learning about the church in the Book of Mormon or our mission or just these little things, um, that tree is going to start to dwindle. And the roots aren't going to get enough water to be able to sustain that tree. And it's going to die. And there's going to be no fruit coming from it. And our goal, sorry, were you going to say something? No, go, go ahead. And our goal, I would say in the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that we bring that true, that true. <laughs> I just combined tree and fruit into a word. That tree, we have it grow, and We have it produce so much fruit that we then have to go share it with other people. And we invite people to come taste of that fruit, connecting all the way back to the tree of life, mm. right? Connecting I just realized that connecting it back to Lehi. He's like, come partake of this fruit, right? Pretty cool.
1: Yeah. What, what I was going to say is I, I really liked, I, I picked out of what you were saying um, about this, this alternative which is i'm letting the the seed not grow i'm letting Mm. the tree not produce fruit because of my lack of nourishment to Mm. it right so um i'm i'm not giving sufficient nourishment to the seed or the word and so you have to acknowledge that yeah If, if things aren't quite working out, if things aren't making sense, if your testimony is not growing on a certain subject or gospel principle or a doctrine, then you have to, you can't just go ahead and cast it out because of your unbelief. You have to, you have to really take responsibility and say, am I nourishing it like I should be,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
1: Because kind of what we were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast, like the desire to desire to know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that sometimes is what is holding people back. They they go and they they lack the sincerity. They lack the earnestness to really get an answer. And it doesn't mean that they stop going to church or that they don't believe in any of it, but it does stop them. From getting to the next. The next level. If you will. Of their spiritual uh, spirituality. Yeah. And, and that can be something so simple. As you know. Well I say simple. It can be something. Like. Paying your tithing. Right. It can be something like. Uh, making it to church. Every week. You know. If if there's if you're not nourishing it by doing it <laughs> that cuz that's that's the
0: that's what faith is
1: that's the trick right that's the the one trick is to actually do it and do it with a glad heart and you'll see the fruit
0: with with real intent right
1: that's yeah glad, glad heart.
0: heart yeah you know and that's the thing that i'm learning about faith and I've, i think i've learned about faith this week is that it is the action it's it's everything that we do daily showing faith right in in jesus christ like i talked about earlier with my experience it's the action that we put into it when we don't do the things and and it's the okay let me say this it's the time and the consistency of the action that brings forth this huge amount of fruit right you know you can't this is why people have experiences in the gospel and they have this marvelous experience and then they just let it go. It's because they didn't they didn't stay consistent. They didn't continually have experiences. Mm-hmm. They didn't continually hold to the rod. They decided to let it go for a second, right? So anyway, I'm just I'm I'm no. learning that that our faith and everything that we do and anything in life, it's time and consistency, it's habits. <laughs> If I may. You 100% may.
1: I want to take it back to the scriptures here in verse 41. This is Alma saying, But if ye will nourish the word, yea, nourish the tree as it beginneth to grow, by your faith, with great diligence, and with patience. Right? Hmm. I feel like that is time and consistency. Because sometimes
0: it may not seem like it's growing. Correct. Yeah.
1: Especially, like, I mean, day by day you may not see much of a difference you may not see much growth but and then on at other times day by day you'll see incredible growth I've talked about this before where when a uh, new investigator of the church is reading and praying and going to church they can get up to Mm. a very high level of understanding and confidence and and testimony. And then because there's kind of a point where it levels out where they get baptized um, for males, they receive the priesthood. um, They, they, you know, they go to the temple for baptisms, things like that. And then it starts to level off Mm -hmm. and they feel like, what's the matter, you know, or they, they start to become less sensitive to spiritual things because, um, they're expecting to exponentially progress every step of the way. So I digress, uh, diligence and with patience, looking forward to the fruit thereof. It shall take root. And behold, it shall be a tree springing up unto everlasting life. And because of your diligence and your faith and your patience with the word and nourishing it, that it may take root in you, behold, by and by you shall pluck the fruit thereof, which is most precious, which is sweet above all that is sweet, and which is white above all that is white, yea, and pure above all that is pure, and you shall feast upon this fruit even until you are, you are filled that ye hunger not neither shall ye thirst so this being that that end state that fully mature tree and i would say that of course it's eternal life but sometimes when the lord really blesses us and when we are really um when we're really willing to trust him and and look to him sometimes we get a little bit of a sample of that fruit Mm -hmm. and i i always talk about how on sundays i get a little glimpse of heaven (laughs) because i don't have to worry about work um, all I get to do is spend time with my family, and I get to worship the Lord, and we get to just do things. Um, not that we're sitting around not doing anything. We're doing a lot of things. You know, that's that's part of the glory. That's That's part of the work and the glory, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can get that little taste of that sweet fruit and... I would just uh i would extend an invitation to all of us to just be more mindful of the fruit that the lord is is bearing forth for you now you know you you don't have to wait until heaven to to get that taste um he wants to give us a fullness of joy in this life and and how he does that is he he asks us to keep the commandments mm-hmm. yeah but if we if we don't keep the commandments we can't get we, we can't get the joy in the in this life
0: well if we don't keep the commandments we see the fruit that comes from not keeping the commandments
1: well that's true as well
0: because. I say this all the time, that anything that is, it's in the scriptures, anything is good that comes from God and anything that's not, you know, comes from the adversary, comes from Satan. And so when we do things, um, there's a flip side to this, y'all, when, when we do things that are not following God and his plan and, and the commandments, we are going to see, um, The fruit that comes from that. And the thing is, Satan's fruit can be pretty deceiving. It can look like God's fruit. It can look like, oh, here's all my prosperity right now. Um, But the thing is, his fruit does not sustain you in the long run. This tree at the very end here in verse 43 says, You shall reap the rewards of your faith, diligence, patience, and long suffering, waiting for the tree to bring forth fruit unto you. So, this tree that you're building with your faith is going to continually give you fruit back, always. But Satan, his trees or the fruit that comes from him, they're not going to be sustainable. They're going to fall and he's going to leave you high and dry and you're going to have nothing left. And so there's also the flip side of this that we have to be aware of. And I've never really thought about that before. And we got to give place for the good things and not the bad things. You give too much. I'm telling you, Netflix, these apps scrolling on Facebook can be such a big time waster. Um, and that is not going to sustain you in the long run. It's not going to do anything for your good. Yeah. If you're just scrolling. I mean, in my opinion, you got to use social media um, to connect. Like, reach out to friends. Share the gospel. Go eat, go, go, make a plan to eat lunch with somebody. Right? Not just scrolling and scrolling because that's not going to benefit you. I mean, your, your finger is going to work out if that's a thing. But, I mean, you know what I mean? Anyway.
1: No I think I think I understand I think what I you're saying. yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think I understand what you're saying, and it's it's all about being discerning. yes about what what trees are we nourishing? because the world would love us to nourish the worldly trees.
0: the instantaneous things.
1: Yeah. and those trees, they spring up to the wealth of men right, to the um. To, the deeds of men, right? But we need to nourish our own spiritual trees, this if you is, will.
0: Yeah, this is why I love doing a podcast with you because you can take everything I just said and simplify it into one sentence where I just took like five minutes to explain something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we love Kevin. I
1: can't do it without you, so... <laughs> Well, that actually finishes out chapter 32. Um, I didn't think it was going to be a two-parter. Oddly enough, like, it's a a very, as you said, it's like a famous chapter.
0: I think that's why, and I think I was just super excited that I thought I was going to talk a lot more, which I could have, but.
1: And I'll say we did scratch the surface on a few parts that we could have, like, really dug deep into. Mm -hmm. But I also want to say that. It, it says something about the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ that one of the most fundamental principles, such as faith, is actually not something that you have to go on this mm-hmm. multi-part podcast to get to the bottom of. You can, you can wrap it up in one podcast, right?
0: And if there's one last thing I can say in closing, can I just say one last thing? Yes. Faith. It's just action. That's all it is. It really is. Faith. I mean, you know what your faith is in. It's in Jesus Christ. And then just go act. Just go do it. Stop trying to analyze. Just go do. Yeah. So anyway, any last thoughts, Kevin? Do you have anything you want to say?
1: Next time on the Book of Mormon podcast, we're going to be in chapter 33. Alma continues to teach the people here, but we actually get some lost scripture. Um, Zenith. Yeah, the, the teachings of Zenith and Zenic, who are these uh, more uh, obscure prophets mm-hmm. of old, right? And so we're going to learn about what they teach and... I do want to I I feel impressed to read maybe the first verse of this chapter 33 because I do like sometimes to kind of do that. Do that. Right? <laughs> I sometimes I feel like if we just stop at the last verse of the of the
0: we chapter
1: out. we miss something that you know next time, you know next week we're going to come back to this and maybe we'll have forgotten something. So verse 1 says, now after Alma had spoken these words, they sent forth unto him desiring to know whether they should believe in one God that they might obtain this fruit of which he had spoken or how they should plant the seed or the word of which he had spoken, which he said must be planted in their hearts or in what manner they should begin to exercise their faith. So right there, I think to myself, maybe some time has passed right because it says that after he had spoken these words they sent forth unto him so maybe they they started to experiment on some of those words that he had preached and they 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 came up with some more questions right Shall so, you know from the mission where you you leave an investigator and then next time They've had mm-hmm. time to come up with some questions for you right So I, I see mm-hmm. that happening a little bit and Alma he he goes on to use the words of the prophets to teach them uh, according to their needs um he's certainly he's done that so far but he he really he really does a great job. I can't wait to study this chapter more in depth um, because I would say again similar to, Uh, chapter 31, for example, you know, after these big chapters that everybody knows, Oh, Alma 32, it's about faith. It's like a seed. Um, sometimes the chapter afterward doesn't get as much attention for whatever reason. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know if that's really true, but that's just how I feel. And so I can't wait to dig in to these next two chapters. Um, well, actually, three chapters of the Zoram Zoramite mission. So,
0: awesome. Well, we're excited, and I'm I'm excited as always. But we will see you next week. Great. Right? We've
1: got to give a plug for those of you who listen to this in real time. General Conference next week. GC. Be sure to. Uh, get in that request off of work <laughs> for Saturday. Be sure to uh, go shopping on Thursday or Friday night. That way you don't have to get out, you know, during the day on Saturday mm-hmm. and stock up on all your conference snacks. And then at the end of the weekend, tune into to our conference recap and experience it all over again.
0: <laughs> or just hear our thoughts. I don't know. We can create general <laughs> conference over again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We love you guys. Thank you for listening and we'll be back next week.
1: Bye y'all.